Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to episode 65 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm Esther Newman, editor of Women's Running, and in this episode, I speak to Carla Modenaro. Carla is a runner and adventurer of epic proportions. And even more importantly, if you read the magazine, you might remember her adorning the cover of our April issue. She first came to my attention in 2020 when she smashed the land's end to John O'Groats record by about 10 hours during lockdown. Turns out this wasn't her first adventure by a very long chalk. She tells me about her start in running, which actually came from triathlon, and how she found her running niche. She has loads of running advice for us here too, as happily she's also a running coach who has a passionate belief in strength and conditioning for runners, and in fact runs a course that does exactly that. Details below. She also tells me some of her adventuring stories, such as her ridiculous tapering plan before the comrades, taking on the Le Job challenge with just three months training and attempting an ultramarathon with a quiche tucked in her pocket. She also bigs up hill training. If you want to run faster, she says, run up hills. It's the perfect way to become a better runner. I am totally doing my hill session tomorrow. I reckon you should too. Let's do this thing. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. These reviews mean the world to us and really help us to keep this podcast going. And as we're firm friends now, I think you should join us. If you become a member of Women's Running right now, you'll get a free base layer from ZeroFit worth £40. Just go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter X21WRPOD at the checkout. Welcome to the podcast, Carla. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, it's a bit delayed, really. We should have had you on earlier because you have um, many strings to your bow. But obviously, the most important one is that you used to be, you were the cover star of our April issue, which yeah. is rather marvellous to have you on there. 
Um, so we're quite, <laughs> we're quite pleased about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally my life goal. Like when I was 16, my best friend was on the cover of Runner's World and oh. she wasn't a runner. She was just a model. And I was like, how have you got on the cover? You're, I was like, one day, one day I will get on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Took 20 years. <laughs> And of course, we don't have models on our covers. We have real yeah. women, so um, yeah. so that's our that's our big point of difference, along with you know being better all around, obviously. Um, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, you're a runner. You're a, you're a big big runner, and and you're a coach. And um, yeah, I mean, you have kind of done so many adventures. So I'd, I kind of I wanted to talk to you about that, but I want to get your advice as well because you know I know I know that you you have tons of of good advice to 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 give us as runners um but I want to find out more about you to begin with more than I can find online in any case tell me about your running I know I know you started off in triathlon what Mm. what made you kind of concentrate just on the running so I've done triathlon for quite a while and I was becoming a bit obsessed with it in terms of like I don't know I find triathlon for me was just all-encompassing like I'd be going away for a weekend and I'd be like can I take my bike can I swim? Where can I train? And then I went on holiday to Tenerife for a week and I just took my running shoes because I'd just done a race. And I was like, this is actually really easy. Like I didn't have to think about a bike or a pool. I could just put on my shoes and just get out the door straight away. And after that holiday, actually, the day I got back, it was Glasgow Half Marathon, which I did. And I just loved how easy it was not to think about jumping on a bike or swimming or a transition or elastic bands on shoes <laughs> and pretty much from that moment I was like I'm just gonna run and just stopped doing triathlon sold all my bikes sold all my kit <laughs> no yeah that's quite dedicated do you not do you yeah. not cycle at all anymore I do if I have any injuries or niggles or have some cross training then I'll jump on the bike I mean there's one in the corner looking at me um but but not too much. But yeah, it was kind of just like, no, I just like running. It's easy. And you don't, miss it. you don't miss those two disciplines? Not really. Um, I would love to do, so I did an Ironman. I would love to do another one, but I don't want to train for it because the training, it's harder than ultra training. It's because it's so many hours at three different sports. Mm. So, but I know that trying to do that with no training would backfire. So <laughs> maybe enough. one day I'll give it a bash. But so, no, I so don't that, really miss it. Really? Oh, that's amazing. I mean, so yeah. tell me about the, the running career then. So if it started from then, mm. um, what what have you done with it? What, what's, what's been the trajectory yeah. of your career? It's been a bit weird, actually, because so I started, so that was in about 2013, 2014. And I actually started to run with a group up in Glasgow. I was working on the Commonwealth Games. So found a group to train up there, which just happened to be the same training group as Laura Muir and Gemma Riki, who are now silver medalists at the Olympics, <laughs> and trained with them. And they were doing 800s and 1500s. And I started to do that training, which I liked, but I wanted to do something a little bit longer. So I asked the coach Andy to help me get ready for a marathon, which I did my first London marathon um, with him helping me. But then after that, I wasn't quite satisfied with the marathon. So I then actually the next year just started going off on running adventures by myself, just with a backpack on my back and exploring 
for a few days. Like I had a good marathon time, but it wasn't anything earth shattering. I wasn't going to make a national team with it. So I was like, oh, I'll just go play in the mountains. That'll be more fun. I didn't have any mountain experience at this point. I just thought, can't be that hard. <laughs> and it was fine, actually. Like the mountains and the trails in France are so well signposted and so well marked. And the routes are amazing. They're, they're groomed paths. So it wasn't actually as intimidating as I thought it was be, would be when I mm -hmm. finally got there. And then, yeah, started to do some multi-day adventures, but I didn't actually really find like my feet in running until 2018 when I ran from Cape Town to Comrades. We tried to do this multi-day project where we were going to attempt to run 90 kilometers a day every day for 20 days. And on the oh last God. day, do Comrades, which is the world's biggest ultramarathon. It's insane. There's like 20,000 people that line up for the start of this race. And we had done all this running. I think I'd done like about 850 kilometers in the three weeks before. That is not a good taping strategy. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but then I did the race and I finished ninth, um, which was like a complete, like it was just ridiculous. I had no idea how I pulled that off. And then the next day I got an email from Team GB saying that they'd like to select me for the 100 kilometer world championships and I was like oh maybe I'm all right at running and it was wasn't till that point that I really I don't know kind of found my little niche in in the world of running I guess and I was like oh okay going to a world championships which was pretty exciting oh my goodness <laughs> And I've, I've been looking, yeah. so when I've been looking at the stuff that you've done, like these, these massive, great, big, long things that you've done, mm. it, it seems to be split between ultra races and adventures. Mm. What's the difference between those two things? I think I like having the mix between the two. So for races, for me, I like pushing myself to like the absolute limit and seeing how fast I can run for a particular distance or a race adventures bar the one that I did last year most of them are about the enjoyment like I can sit on a rock and have my sandwich and I'm going on a bit of a journey be it round an island or across some hills or across a country and I like how it's just very simple when you're doing that all you have to do is get up eat breakfast lunch dinner some snacks and just run to where your destination is for that evening and I love the simplicity of of that adventure life yeah okay well let's yeah. let's talk about last year then because yeah that's when you first came onto my radar I have to admit is is uh the Le Jog world record um <laughs> which you smashed with like <laughs> so many like by 10 hours or something I mean it was, well, mm. yeah it was a long long time um so that's your record currently yeah. Like, why, why, <laughs> why did you decide to do it? What, what was your plan? So basically, as the world went into lockdown last year, I was actually still living in South Africa at this point. And I had just broken up with my boyfriend and we're living in the same house. Mm. And you weren't allowed to leave your house. So we're in the same house. I was like, right, I need my own project to do to, like, get some space. So everyone was like, oh, my lockdown's really hard. And I'm sure there was loads of people that had breakups and things during that time. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to run up and down my driveway. So I was like, every day I phoned a different friend as I ran up and down the driveway. 
And as I was doing this, I started to like, you know, what else can I do? And I chatted to a friend of mine, Caroline, and I was like, I was just listening listening to the Tough Girl podcast. I think I might do La Jog one day. And then pretty much I might do La Jog one day turned into me thinking about it that evening and then the next day going, I'm going to do it this summer <sighs> if I can get back to England because at this point all the borders had closed in South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just I started planning it in like April last year probably out of the fact that I didn't have a job I was in not the greatest situation and just needed something to occupy my mind or I would have gone crazy so what's the time distance between you deciding to do it and doing it three months yeah I was very fit at that point I had been training for two oceans ultra and comrades so I did have a really good base but yeah, it was pretty much, I like emailed Mimi Anderson, who had ha- been a previous record holder. I was like, Mimi, can we have a chat? <laughs> Tried to find anyone else that had done the jog, got loads of advice from people, submitted my application to Guinness. And yeah, it was 12 weeks pretty much because I wanted, I thought it'd be a really good idea to finish this run on my birthday. I thought that would be a nice birthday present. Wasn't. Um <laughs> and it takes Guinness 12 weeks to approve like applications unless you pay them a small fortune which I didn't have so yeah oh my god so like I mean I'm just trying to get my head around the fact that I take longer than that to train for like 26 miles but Mm. but you've taken 12 weeks to train to run like the entire length of the UK which I think is just crazy but obviously you had all this fitness behind you what was the experience like Uh, it was yeah it was incredible it was doing it was horrific it was the most painful thing I've ever done and it wasn't actually fun when I was doing it it just hurt like the whole thing Mm. was just an emotional battle but (laughs) you haven't really got anyone else to blame except myself I was like well I'm doing this I've rallied this whole support crew to help me run the length of a country or a couple of countries and yeah it was I think it's more been afterwards, like looking back at how incredible it was than actually doing it was just emotional. And I get so many people now getting in touch with me because they want to give it a go. And it's trying to get across to them, like how painful it is that, (laughs) you know, with these multi-day things, if you're going for a record, I think you just have to be willing to suffer for 12 days. Yeah. And, um, and I guess you're not kind of, it's not that you're taking in the best of Britain's landscapes. No. Either there's lots of road and yeah. Not. Yeah. Cause you're pretty much on a dual carriageway for most of it, oh. which is just, it's dangerous and it's not nice, but I'm glad we did it the way that I did from South to North because the highlands were beautiful. So you are on these busy, like the A9, this busy dual carriageway, but mm. it's this vast open space where in Cornwall, on the A roads down there, you have these big hedgerows on the side of the dual carriageway, so you can't actually see anything. Oh, so it okay. was much nicer. Actually, by the time we got to Scotland, you could see see things. What, what's it like elevation-wise in that direction? Is it better that way? So the hilliest parts of the whole route are in Cornwall and Devon. Oh. Um, so, and you just, I completely underestimated how hilly Devon and Cornwall were. Because um, you think, oh, I'm going through the Lake District and the Highlands, mm. but 
that was nothing compared to the South. Oh wow! Okay, just <laughs> mad. <laughs> so I, I haven't I haven't done the maths. So you did it in twelve days, thirty minutes, and fourteen seconds. I've got yeah. that bit right. But what does that mean in terms of mileage? What were you doing every day? So I was doing one hundred and ten kilometers a day. Oh average. my god! Yeah. Did you? How much sleep do you get when you're doing something like that? So I was getting into bed at eleven o'clock at night, and then we were waking up again at four a.m to start at five um but I wasn't sleeping like it was it was too painful um I don't know if you'd like after a hard race where everything just hurts when you roll over mm. it was yeah <laughs> so sore you're lying down and you're like this is actually rubbish because all I want to do is sleep but every time you move something hurts and you wake up oh my god so the, the recovery from that must have been immense I mean how long did it take you to get over it yeah so I took six weeks off running when I got back I actually I saw one of my friends who's a physio a couple of days later and he's like I think you should go for a bike ride I was like absolutely not no (laughs) (laughs) no desire don't want to do it not happening I was like I couldn't even sit down I was like do you think I can get my leg over a bike like you're mad (laughs) (sighs) so yeah I did pretty much and I was exhausted because it was like I had jet lag that where you're just not sleeping and your body doesn't have a clue what's happening. So for a month, I did absolutely nothing. Six weeks, no running. But in those last two weeks, I did start to cycle mm-hmm. a little bit. And actually, by the time then that I started running again, I really wanted to. Oh, really? I was going to ask yeah. if you had fallen out of love with mm. running because of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was nice having that break where like another guy, Dan Lawson, he did the same thing a week after me, but started running again four days later. <gasps> and yeah, I think he kind of went the opposite where I really wanted to run again. He was just like, oh God, what have I done? <laughs> I've oh, really? too much. Yeah. Oh my God, how interesting. Yeah. Um, and I was reading, so your record, you beat... Sharon Gator, who'd done mm. it, uh, what, a couple of years before, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. The year before, actually. The year before. Um, now, I've read that she's going to attempt to beat your time, mm. right? So, <laughs> so there's, I've got a couple of questions about this. I was wondering, first of all, like, okay, the, the world of, of those kind of extreme ultra running kind of FKTs and things like that, it's growing, but it's still pretty small. So yeah. I'm assuming you know her. Or you've yeah, spoken yeah, to we, her? Yeah, I spoke to her and she actually came and ran with me for a bit on my attempt last year, which was really nice. Oh, that's lovely. I, I hear about yeah. that all the time. And I, I mean, I'd be spitting yeah. feathers if it were me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> people are so nice, aren't they? <laughs> she didn't try and trip yeah. you up or anything like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, she was really nice. <laughs> does it, I mean, does it make competition difficult then when you, when you know the people involved? Uh, not really. Um I think all of us do this thing because we've got a competitive nature and, you know, like having done that run, I know what's involved to get a record and to do something like that. So if she wants to go and have, this would be the third time she's doing it. She's absolutely mental, like <laughs> fair play. <laughs> if you want to do that again. <laughs> well, that, that leads on to my next question. Does that, would you ever try and beat her? To, say she does beat yours. Would you try and beat yeah. hers? No, um, <laughs> mainly because I really like this multi-day running, but there's other ones that I want to do. And I think your body only has a certain amount of them in you. So 
I feel like I've done that one, like, can't bother to do it again. I really want to go and, yeah, run across America and run across New Zealand. So, yeah, I'd rather do something different. I was going to ask, but I think we've covered it, actually, to be honest. I was going to ask if you'd want to do it the other way around. But no. it sounds like, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving quickly on. Yeah, yeah, like no. yeah it's just savage. You're just like, I don't know, I feel like some things I want to give another bash at like comrades I feel like I can race that better and I want to try and do better at that race but something like Le Jog it's just yeah no no it's a no right Um, (laughs) (laughs) but that that is um the the joggle that's uh, no the the jog um you've that's only one of your of your many adventures um and I was having a look at some of the others there's the um Tour of Mont Blanc, which you did on your own, the GR20, the toughest trail in Europe, run oh, around yeah. Jersey, Isle of Wight. Um, yeah. Like, what? why do you want to do these kind of really intense, like really quite scary things? What draws you to them? They're, they are really fun. Um, you know, the Tour of, I think if anyone wants to get into like multi-day running or adventures, like the Tour of Mont Blanc is an amazing one to start with because they're these refuges that are set up about every 15 to 20 kilometers along the whole route. So this mm. route goes the whole way around the Mont Blanc mountain in the Alps. So you don't have to carry that much. You get like this amazing three course dinner when you get there, like great breakfast. They make you a packed lunch that you can put in your backpack and go for the next day. You're looking at the mountains all day. You're in the sunshine, like running through these meadows from like something like the sound of music and (laughs) it's just really cool and yeah I think like that is an awesome starting point because the whole route signposted you don't need to know how to navigate um there's loads like 10,000 people do that route every year so there's always people around so it's it's not actually as scary as it seems on on paper and yeah just I don't know it's that's kind of like my kind of holiday doing something like that (laughs) how long did that take um so I did it in four days so obviously they do the race there every year which the guys the best people do it in like 24 hours yeah I took four days um I think you could comfortably do it in seven like the walkers do it in 10 and uh, is that your favorite one has that been your favorite race yeah 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 that it's just it's just beautiful that route it's yeah it's really nice it's hard but it's fun. What was your least favourite then? The GR20 is hard. So that is a route that goes across, no, sorry, the GR, yeah, GR20. It goes across mm. Corsica, just off the south of France. And I took five friends and I was kind of leading us all across this island. And it is just, it's called Europe's Hardest Trail. And I always like take those things with a pinch of salt because everyone always wants to be the hardest or the toughest. But it is savage there's just Mm. boulders and rocks and I think if you're a runner you just can't run any of it until the last day so you're like scrambling and you know trying to grab on things and then I got bitten by bed bugs quite badly which it's the route is renowned for getting bitten by bed bugs and I got bitten on the second day and had about 150 bites all over my body which (gasps) was so painful and then one of the guys at one of the refuges he's like oh look at these bites this french guy he's like you need to put vinegar on them so he covered me in vinegar which stopped the stinging for like a second but then i just stunk of a fish and chip shop 
<laughs> this is disgusting. I was like, great. Now I just smell of vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> Birds like circling me, wondering when, when their prey is going to die. Um, but yeah, that while all of us were just like completely broken by the end. It was really hard. Um, but we did have like three days on the beach afterwards, which was nice. And it's a beautiful island, just not to run across. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your next adventure then? Um, so I'm trying to decide at the moment. I think next year I'm pretty much just going to race where racers haven't been around. You know, last year we couldn't really do that much. I've done a little bit this year. Mm. So going to try and get a little bit quicker next year. And then I've started to put the wheels in motion to plan to run across America. But that is like a whole different beast because it's the current record for that is about 53 days. Um, so it's a much bigger project, which is going to take a lot of funding. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be well, a jog was it was a lot cheaper to do a lot easier being here. So America, I think. Oh, wow. You're going to break America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try to yeah that one that one's a bit scary because it's the distances of the jog but for 50 days which yeah it's a, it's a bit overwhelming at the moment the thought of that how do you even begin to start training for something like that I don't know if you can really um you know I think it is just the years of mileage in your legs and just you know I've seen a lot of people especially this year try to do the jog like fair play giving it a bash but some of these runners that have got in touch with me they've literally just started running they've never done an ultra they've never done a multi-day and they're like I'm gonna do the jog and you're like <laughs> you know I had done loads and loads of multi-day runs before I attempted a jog and I think you need I think for something like this you just need like years of mileage in your legs and like mm. you know just building up and you have to fail at a few things like the Cape Town to Comrades one we didn't do how we wanted to and you need to learn how your body adapts to things and how it feels and you just got to build on that experience it's not like running a marathon like you said earlier where you can just have a 12-week plan and you can do a marathon at the end it's yeah it's a much bigger <laughs> puzzle that one <laughs> yeah yeah I, I understand that um and I guess one of the reasons why um well, it's great to listen to you when it's when you've got that sort of advice. You're able to sort of tell people what they can, or what mm. they could, and might not be able to attempt, sort of thing in terms of yeah. like their own mind and stuff. And I guess that comes from your experience as a running coach. Um, and I was looking at your your coaching because it, for me, it seems obvious, and and perhaps to other people, it doesn't so much. But your your run coaching is brilliant because what it does is it combines. The running but also the strength and the yoga so you've mm. got the kind of the conditioning you've also got the flexibility and mobility stuff going on there um so yeah like i say it, it makes all the sense in the world to me but it would be interesting to know why you thought it was so important to combine those kind of things all in one kind of coaching package yeah i guess i was when i first started coaching i was making strength programs for people and giving them a program to go and do at the gym. And I quickly realized that most of them actually weren't doing it. Um, just because as runners, we will all go and run all day, but we won't do 30 minutes of strength or flexibility. So I tried to think of a way to make it 
more manageable for everyone. So I actually, I went and did my yoga course actually last year, the week after La Jog, which was, so that's one thing I did do, which was very embarrassing because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't <laughs> even touch my toe. All the other girls in the class were like, what, what, what are you doing? Are you lost? I was like, no, <laughs> I'm the runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very embarrassing. Um, so did my yoga course, done strength and conditioning, done personal training. And then I thought if I film myself doing the sessions and if I go and find the exercises that I think are applicable to runners, so a lot of single leg work, plyometrics, like the stuff that makes us quicker, the stretches that are not just your boring, let's stretch our hamstring and your quad, you know, how can we mobilize our joints? How can we really make our bodies work the best way possible to be a runner, but do it at home with stuff that we've got around the house, like a chair or a hockey ball or a belt. And I filmed the session and then I was giving it to everyone that I was coaching. I'm like, follow along. So all you have to do, press play, copy what I do. And when I was giving that to my runners, everyone started to do it more because it was easy. They didn't have to think, oh, God, what was that exercise again? Am I doing it right? They could see me on the screen. They could follow along. Didn't have to think about it. And I would also get feedback from them in terms of if you've got something that's really tight, let me know and I'll go and figure out the best way for you to make it loose and make it more flexible. Um, and then... That was working really well, so I split it out. And now I have the Strength, Conditioning and Yoga for Runners program where people can just join if they've got other coaches um, or if they don't want to coach, they can just be part of that. And they don't have to – I think it's a bit overwhelming sometimes where there's so many different strength and conditioning and yoga classes out there where, you know, this one, I'm a runner. I know how a runner moves. It's made for runners. It's, it's simple. And, yeah, I think we've got – a really nice group of people. I find it, it's a little bit like a home for people that don't really have a running club to, to belong to. We've got this like really nice group of people from actually all over the world now. And then within the program, I could see gaps where also as runners, when you get injured, you don't like to go to a physio for some reason. So we now have a physio session every three weeks where Paris comes along and if you've got a niggle, you can tell her what's wrong. And then she'll either say, right, you actually need to go and see someone or do these exercises and you'll be fine. Um, that's amazing. So that's, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So because most people are like, I've gone on Google and this is what's wrong with me. I'm like, right, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have our physio sessions where she puts everyone in the right path. And then I get nutritionist like next month we've got like one of the UK's leading podiatrists coming to do a Q&A so you know it makes it also cheaper for everyone if I can find those people and, and bring them into the group than someone paying you know 300 pounds for a specialist in London. Uh, yeah I, think, I just think that's absolutely brilliant so like it's kind of it's an all-in-one approach but what, what mm. I don't understand is like you are you like the first person to do this I mean why, why don't more mm. coaches do it? I don't know. I don't know if they, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I've, from what I've seen and researched, I am the only person doing this at the moment. And there, there's, I've got quite a lot of other coaches that are in the group, um, which is really nice. And there's like one of the guys, he was just like, Oh, do you want me to leave? Because I've just become a coach, you know, and it, there's a conflict of interest. So I was like, absolutely not. Like everyone's got to learn from someone. And 
I would much rather coaches are learning strength and mobility exercises mm. that they can pass on than just ignoring the problem and people getting injured because what's the point in that exactly you all want to run so yeah and uh, like and, and your group what's the split there between men and women is it quite equal or is it weighted one way no I would say 80% women 20% men why is that do you think um I'm not sure. I don't know if it's because I am a woman, so it's, you know, a bit more relatable where they're like, she's doing it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. But mm. in the beginning it was just just ladies that are joined and now the guys are slowly trickling through. So yeah, it's it's a nice group. And from we've got people in there from couch to five K to maniacs like me that run countries <laughs> and like everyone else in between. So it's really nice, like it's such an eclectic group of runners that's nice maniacs like me um (laughs) (laughs) Um, right so um okay so asking for a friend um if if for instance I was really tempted um by not I'm I'm getting free advice here um if I was really tempted by the idea of a multi-day ultra but I Mm. had not done anything apart from road marathons what what should I be doing How, how do I build up to that I think giving yourself enough time is the biggest thing. I think a lot of people always want to do an ultra tomorrow. You know, they see their friends doing it and it looks like a really easy thing to do. But I think, you know, depending on the distance, giving yourself, you know, four to six months to get ready for it. And there's some really nice ones out there. Like I really like the Ultra X and the Maverick events. They're accessible. They're friendly. Then some of some ultras out there can be really scary but those ones the cutoffs are massively generous like you don't have to worry that you're going to get cut off um so finding a race that you like the look of and you know if you're a beginner that is beginner friendly because some ultras the cutoffs are tight um and it's never great to put yourself under pressure that you might not make a cutoff in your first race because then you're never going to want to do it again um so, yeah, making yourself a plan, giving yourself as much time as possible to get ready for that race and then just building it up. So if you're making your own program, you can, you know, I always start at the back, like when the race is and then work backwards to where you are now and figure out how much time you need to train for it. Um get the strength and conditioning in from the beginning, especially for trails, you know, your ankle stability, calf strength, your balance needs to be really good when you're going to be running on different ground. And I wouldn't just jump straight into multi-day, but you could start off by doing an ultra and then the next day just going for a little run when your legs are tired to see what that feeling is like. And once you've done that a few times, then look at a multi-day one. And again, like Ultra X, do a two-day like race where you have a tent and stuff at the end of the night. So you can then do it with other people. So it's not as scary as going out and doing it on your own or finding these popular walking routes in Europe with that that hut set up so you don't have to think about dinner and breakfast and lunch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just giving, I think mainly giving yourself enough time, building it up, up slowly, not doing anything too mental too soon. And yeah having enjoying it (laughs) not finding something that I think is like completely ridiculous like your goals they need to be realistic so you know if you've never done 
a race you've never done a 10k on the road and all of a sudden you want to go and do 100 kilometers on a trail that's it's a big jump and a lot i'm seeing a lot of people now they're missing out the marathon and going straight to trail ultras that actually going through all those distances and building up your strength and your endurance will give you a better chance of success and uh, and being able to enjoy it and it doesn't have to be a road marathon like trail marathons are great there's less pressure on them no one cares what time you do Mm -hmm. um because on a trail it's pretty irrelevant um but i definitely think you shouldn't miss out distances and you should build up gotcha over time um, right. And so now I'm going to go off onto a massive tangent. And it's only because I read this thing. Um, it was, I think it was an interview with you. Um, and you talk about one of the things you talk about, um, is your love of tea. And I thought, and I, I picked that up and I ran with it. And I just thought, right, actually, one thing that is lovely to talk to ultra runners about is food, right? Because mm. ultra runners really appreciate and like their real food. So what, what I'd love to know is how you fuel an ultra race for instance or an ultra or an adventure what what's your preferred food what what keeps you going yeah um along with tea fuel yeah like here's my cup of tea yeah Yorkshire <laughs> tea. <laughs> um yeah i guess i fuel races and adventures a bit differently so with racing i do i have moved back to a bit more of energy gels and carb drinks i use the OTE super carbs and they're like um they've got these really nice little rice duo bars um so I tend to use those just because a lot of races you have to carry everything yourself so you can carry a lot more calories in less weight when you're racing so when I want to go fast I use more of a gel carb drink mix I don't particularly like it um and I feel like my teeth are going to fall out but it does the job (laughs) um but when i'm doing like multi-day adventures are going a bit slowly um i like like when i was in france this summer i had a lot of cheese and salami baguettes um (laughs) (laughs) cake like love an almond croissant that's a favorite um and yeah just cakes and and food and i do try and have like more sandwiches and stuff like that when i'm doing the longer days it's a lot easier when you've got a backpack on and you can shove it for the food and you're going a bit slower yeah it does, it does feel like whenever I speak to people that run these massive distances that when they're talking about when I sort of say oh you know how do you feel running that the answers that I get are basically really nice it's just really nice food it's it, yeah. you know you, you almost needn't have kind of itemized those things you, you could have just sort of said really all yeah. the food that you like really um yeah. you know I've I've spoken I mean who was it I was speaking to someone who was who liked a half a pint of beer and some meat pies, you know, that those sorts nice. of things. You just sort of think, this is so different than speaking to marathon runners where, yeah. you know, a couple of energy gels, tops, you know. Yeah. And- I did try to eat a quiche once and that didn't work. That was not one of my cleverest ideas. I put it in like a Ziploc bag in my pocket. I don't know what I was expecting. Ooh. Pulled it out and it was just disgusting. I was like, yeah, this will be really nice. I can have a quiche Lorraine on, on the trail. <laughs> the tip of the day, don't eat quiche when you're running. Um, it doesn't work. I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you very much for that. We need those sort of bits of genius yeah. to make sure yeah. that we don't make the same mistakes. I'm sure everyone's like, obviously um <laughs> <laughs> whereas cheese and onion pasty that'd be all right then wouldn't it 
but yeah, I think capacity is better. You've got the encasing to hold it in place. You need some robust pastry all the way around, yeah, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. None of this. I was so. lacking. Yeah. <laughs> do you, I mean? Do you think I'm kind of I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm focusing in on the the big soundbite here now, Carla. So I'm hoping mm. you'll join me here. Right. So do you think that ultra runners have a gene that most people don't? Like what's the commonality between you all? What what you all why why do you exist? You know, what what is it that drives you? What's your thing? I think we just like to suffer, which is just really <laughs> weird. I don't know why, but we just like go and we forget. We're like goldfish, you know, you suffer, you go through this pain, and it feels like someone has come and attacked you with a bat. And it's horrific and you can't walk for three days, but then you want to do it again. It's, it baffles me. And I am one of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so you're, you're people that like to suffer and you should yeah. never eat quiche. Is there, are there any yeah. other bits of advice that you can tell the rest of us? Say, yeah, those of us that have reached marathon, but not beyond. What, what other, do you have any kind of last tiny nuggets of, of genius yeah, I think, that we should take with us. I mean, if you want to get into ultras, like I think they're great and like any trail running because there is a lot less pressure than in like a marathon or a half marathon because no one has any idea how long it should take you to run a, like a 38-kilometer trail race. Like no one will ever ask you what your time was. They just say at the end, like, did you have fun? You're like, yep. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't be be scared about the trails or ultras because actually it's a little bit less pressure I find than marathon and road racing do you find it easier yeah yeah I did a 10k road race on Sunday the first one in six years and it was very painful I was like (laughs) I'd rather run all day and eat (laughs) snacks (laughs) I'd rather run all day and eat snacks that yeah you know, <laughs> I think that sounds absolutely lovely. It's the pace, isn't it? Which is just um, yeah. brutal, I guess. Yeah, um, I needed it. After 10K, I had to come home and have a nap. <laughs> I was dead. <laughs> so, uh, right, what's next for you? What's uh, what's the next couple of months hold for you? I'm actually training for a marathon at the moment. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, Seville Marathon in February. Beautiful. I am training, yeah. So, winter sunshine, that is what I'm looking forward to but I'm doing that because I want to do comrades again next year you have to do a marathon to get a qualifying time to do the mm-hmm. race but going to give the marathon a good bash at the same time just for a bit of fun something to do in the winter do you have to get a specific time so the quicker your time the further forward you start right at the start in the starting gate and because comrades is gun time it's not chip time you're better off getting as quick a marathon time as you can because yeah. you if you're right at the back it takes you 20 minutes to cross the line and then you've lost and because the cutoff is 12 hours so then actually your cutoff's only 11 40 so that's harsh you've got to yeah so you want to do as quick as you can yeah i can, I can imagine that mm. am i allowed to ask mm. what time you're hoping for in seville you don't have I'm to gonna say. go <laughs> for two hours 40 <gasps> i've got no idea if i can do that like every marathon runner, I've plucked the number from the sky, but we'll see. <laughs> Have you plucked the number from the sky? What's your marathon PB? So no, my marathon PB is two hours 50, but 250 to 240 is actually, it's a massive jump. 
Mm. Um, and I've started a couple of the set my as I call them the sessions of death at the moment, um, which are interesting. But yeah, gonna gonna see. Give it a bash. Do you have um so in your say like a, in a weekly training plan? Do you have a favourite run session <clears throat> and a least favourite? Um, yeah, I do actually like the tempo sessions. I, well, I've got like a love hate relationship with them because when I see them on paper, they scare me because the paces are ridiculous. But then once I've actually done them, I feel like a hero. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to make myself a badge. <laughs> I've done that pace. So, yeah, I kind of hate them and love that session at the same yeah. time. <laughs> you, but you must be fine with hills, though. Yeah, I like hills. Um, I thought you would. <laughs> yeah, they're hard. But actually, like, if you want to get quick at run, quicker at running, like hill reps is the easiest session that you can do because – it makes you run properly. It's very hard to run up a hill with bad form and it makes you really strong. So yeah, hills for the win. Hills for the win. Oh my God. <laughs> I, honestly, I've learned them. I, I feel like I've got this kind of bite-sized amazingness now, <laughs> which along with don't carry quiche and is it but bad. I am so going to remember that. Not, I think that it was anything I was ever going to do in any <laughs> case, but... <laughs> Thank you for listening. Do please get in touch with any questions or any running stories as we'd love to include them in a future podcast. This podcast was recorded over Zoom. The editor and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. If you become a member of Women's Running Plus right now, not only will you receive our brilliant magazine every month, but we'll also send you a free base layer from ZeroFit worth £40. Become a member and you'll get Women's Running every single month, access to all our back issues, and we'll send you loads of discounts to running stuff as well. Just go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter X21WRPOD at the checkout. It's perfect for Christmas presents too. Happy running. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 